from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed the consumer landscape. Social distancing and health standards have created new expectations for consumers and alternative means of service and delivery for retailers. I'm Ron Jose, a senior editor with CUNA News. In this podcast, our latest in a series focusing on service culture, we explore how these changes have affected credit unions. For credit unions, the new landscape raises two questions, according to Jane Hitman, National Program Manager for Creating Member Loyalty, or CML, a development strategy program from CUNA focused on increasing employee engagement and the member experience. Number one, how do you anticipate these changing dynamics among our members and prospective members? Two, what changes do we need to make to meet those expectations and to deliver consistently great experiences across all our delivery channels? Additionally, assessing member satisfaction must also evolve, according to Paul Robert, CEO of FI Strategies, a strategic partner of CML. Measuring ease of use is at least half the equation in this new landscape, Robert says. Please join us as Jane and Paul offer advice on how credit unions can meet these new challenges. Jane and Paul, we've certainly seen some seismic shifts in consumer behavior as a result of the pandemic. And that's going to present some challenges for credit unions in 2021, but it also presents some opportunities. Paul, let's start with you by looking at what the landscape looks like today. And and maybe, Jane, you can tell us some of the opportunities that are out there. Paul, why don't you get us started? So much has changed, Ron, in, in the consumer landscape, hasn't it? I mean, every one of us has changed our behavior to some extent, and many of us have changed our behavior so much that we're never going back to the old way. I mean, I know for myself and my family, not being able to sit down in restaurants has forced us to support those restaurants differently. Not being able to go to movie theaters has caused us to view movies differently. And we love going to the movie theater, but we've changed our ways and I can't imagine us ever going back. You know, even going into stores, Ron, I mean, think about how we used to just go into Macy's and wander around or go into Home Depot and just wander around. It's forced us to shop exclusively online and get it delivered or pick it up at the curb, you know? Many people were doing online shopping anyway. Jane, I know you had a a direct line with Macy's. They had a dedicated delivery person, I think, to your house, didn't they? Um, Uh, Yes, they did. His name was Phil. Yeah. (laughs) But once people were forced to change, they're not very inclined to go back. So, I can't imagine going to to an AMC again to watch a movie. I can't imagine standing in an arena for a concert anymore. You know, Um, I found new and better ways to enjoy those products and services. And our members are the same way. So let me give you a a couple stats here. Over 75% of consumers have changed brands at least once during the pandemic. 72% of consumers will switch brands after only one bad experience. Specifically, here's a couple for restaurants and grocery stores. 
38% say that they're going to continue to use food delivery or call ahead carryout. And 29% say they're going to keep using grocery store delivery services. I mean, that's totally revolutionized those two industries and how they have to serve their consumers. And the same situation holds true in banking as well. A financial brand study recently showed that 31% of consumers will use more online and mobile banking in the future. So the challenge for us in the credit union industry is twofold. Number one, how do we anticipate these changing dynamics among our members and, and prospective members? And then number two, what changes do we need to make in order to meet those expectations and to deliver consistently great experiences across all our delivery channels? So that's kind of where we're at, I think. Jane, I know you've uh, talked about and thought a lot about the opportunities. Tell us a little bit about those that you think are out there. Well, Paul, you made me laugh with some of those because, you know, the changes we've gone through are crazy. So changes for credit unions, changes for us as consumers. It's just mind-boggling when you start adding them up like that. And yes, I am one of those people that will continue to have my groceries delivered to my front door from now on. Come on, you don't want to forget bread and have to make that, <laughs> that long trip back just for the bread? Come on. No, and somebody brings them right to my front door. I mean, <laughs> it's fantastic. So, you know, when we think about how businesses and consumers are changing, I think there's more change that we need to consider. I think there's still some boxes to get out of and there's still things to, to think about. As a consumer, I know my expectations have changed. And so I have to say our members' expectations are probably changing as well. So I think there's things to learn from other businesses. And I'm going to share an example with you of something that's happened to us. And it's pretty cool. And I love the things that I discovered out of it. And while I've made friends with a restaurant owner locally, just as I delved into all the things that they were doing. So first, I'm going to start with We've gone to this restaurant for years. We've used their online when we went into the pandemic and their old website was horrible. The ordering system, and you never actually knew when you hit the button if it actually, your order was placed. It was always kind of a crapshoot when you showed up at curbside, if your food was actually going to be there. So about in September, we went online to order our dinner. And the website was brand new and it was so surprisingly beautiful. And they had professional pictures taken of the food and great descriptions of them. And in many cases, the local team, the wait staff, had written cute little captions under them like, oh, your tummy's going to be so excited that you ordered this tonight for dinner. So it, it made it fun. It made it personable. It was beautiful. And the button for ordering was clear and visible. And when you ordered, it came back and confirmed. So that was fantastic. So two clicks, two meals. I downloaded my information, saved it for future. Five minutes tops, I'm off of the, the system. That was great, but it gets better from there. So we went you know, to the curb to pick up our curbside. And the waiter said, you know, hey, we really appreciate your loyalty we see that you've been in several times and you've ordered food curbside and we want you to know how much we appreciate you. Tonight's dinner is on us. What? I mean, 
Mark and I looked at each other like, this is totally unexpected. That's nice to be appreciated, but it was so shocking. We really didn't say thank you as much as we probably should have because we were shocked. But when you think about the member experience, the experts are saying that to make an impact in your member experience, your customer experience, it needs to be memorable. And I'll tell you, that was memorable. Because all that happened, I mean, beyond the free food, just the fact that, you know, he came out and talked to us and appreciated us. So I got curious as I get, and I was like, well, how did they know how many times we had ordered and all of this stuff? So found out from the owner that with the new website, when it prints out the order, it lists all your previous orders by date and what you ordered. That's pretty cool. So they can literally tell that Jane and Mark ordered food last week and here's what they ordered. So we don't see that as the customer, but they see it. The other thing I thought about is if it's your first time, well, my discussion with you at curbside is going to be different. I mean, it's going to be, hey, come back. And what made me think about this, and Paul, you and I have seen this many times. We've been in credit unions. They're like, they've got a problem. And you and I say, well, you know, why don't you talk to your mainframe provider and just see if there's a switch you can click? Because we found those things. That's what they did. So the owner said that this was built into the program that they purchased. However, they didn't know it until they went snooping around. And it was as easy as clicking a switch and turning this part of the software on. So then the next time we go in, the owner herself comes out to the car and she said the cutest little statement. She's like, hey, guys, we love you. We really appreciate your continued support. And because of people like you, we're able to keep our doors open. And I'd like to ask you a few questions about our service and our food so that we can make it even better. So, Paul, again, to what we do when we work with credit unions, we're like, gather the voice of your customer, gather the voice of your members, gather the voice of your staff, making this a part of the transaction, which I think is really powerful. Paul, with those opportunities comes new experiences for members. They're going to be interacting with us in new and different ways. What does that mean for delivering the great member experience? Really what it comes down to is knowing your member and personalizing it. I mean, that was one of the key takeaways, Jane, was how much they personalize that. Coming out to the curb and getting to know you a little bit and asking for your feedback, that's all a critical part of personalization. And so I think what that boils down to, Ron, is getting to know your member and what they want and how they want to do business with you. Jane's done a lot with Gen Z, so I'm going to let her to speak to that. But I think the key drivers that we're looking at are applicable to every generation. Everybody is going to be focused on receiving these three things as it relates to member experience. Number one is personalization, as I just talked about. Number two is empathy. And number three is making it as fast and easy as possible. So, you know, let's talk about those a little bit. Personalization, that can take many different forms. Some of it's at an individual level, some of it's at a credit union level, and we could probably do a podcast just on personalization. I think the most simple step to personalization is use their name. I mean, come on, there's no excuse for not using a name at least twice in every transaction. So 
I think that's a critical step and it's easy to do to personalize that interaction. We hear a lot about empathy and empathy is similar. It's making a connection with the member, but you know, one of the best ways to be empathetic is to just engage the member in a conversation and get to know how they're feeling and what's got them excited and maybe what some of their frustrations or challenges are right now. So engaging them in a conversation that you can really understand where they're at emotionally right now. And then uh, the third thing was fast and easy. And, you know, we've talked about that previously, but making every transaction as fast and as easy as possible is really important. And Jane, you were talking about how they wanted your feedback. And we talked about getting member feedback. If you're just tracking net promoter score, if that's the only way that you're assessing member satisfaction, you're really missing half the equation. Because the other half of the equation is member effort score. And how do I feel about how fast and easy this transaction was? So I think that's really important and really critical as we move forward in terms of creating the the member experience in this new world. So those are some expectations for experience. They vary somewhat from generation to generation, especially the younger ones. Jane, I I know you've had a particular focus on that. What are you seeing with those different uh, younger generations? I'll level the playing field to start with. So Gen Y, the 25 to 40s, and then Gen Z is our new generation. So they're age 10 to 25. So that means that some of these are your members. Some of these people are working at your credit unions now. And I did have a credit union say, well, when Gen Z gets here, I'm like, no, no, they're here, people. They're <laughs> You already know them. So Currently, Gen Z represents about 7% of credit union membership worldwide. So we have a lot of potential and opportunity there. And um, something that's real concerning about this, however, is that 60% of Gen Z people who have parents that are credit union members have chosen to bank with banks because of the experiences their parents have had with credit unions. If that isn't a red flag and gets your attention, nothing will. Because what they're experiencing in their home with their parents' comments, they've decided, I'm not going there, I'm going to a bank. So good information. So here's something else to think about. Our websites are the number one way for attracting new members. Most people go shopping, finding out their new FI based on things they uncover on the website. What we're finding is that currently in credit unions, only 8.7% of our traffic is Gen Z. So they're not really including us in their shop. And 20% is Gen Y. So that means that what 70 some percent of our website traffic is 40 and over. Again, we should note this information. So when I think about, okay, we've got these two generations These are the groups of members that we want to attract. Well, we have to attract them if we're going to stay in business because our other members are going to the credit union in the sky. So we need to have these guys. So what do we know about them? And what can we learn from those characteristics that they have? 
So Gen Y, they're very confident in their decision-making. Doesn't mean they're right, but they're very confident in the decisions they make. They also want a lot of choices. So if they're going to your website and they find that you have one type of account, they're probably just stopping right there. They want to have choices that they make themselves. They also have a couple of interesting characteristics about their tolerance level. So they will not tolerate you making a mistake or an excuse to something negative happening to them. They expect you to be well-trained. They expect you to be knowledgeable. And if either one of those fall, they're gone or they just won't even open their account. So that's the 25 to 40 range. So we look at our newbies, Gen Z. This generation makes the assumption that your technology is the latest and the greatest and that you are easy to do business with. They make that assumption. We know that a lot of credit unions don't fall into that category. So there's probably a reason they're not attracting the Gen Z. But we've heard credit unions say, well, you know, once we get them in, we'll have some sticky products. Well, the other thing we know about Gen Z is sticky products don't work on them because they think it's fun to go to the next financial institution and reset up all this stuff if the website is interactive and engaging. So we got to rethink a whole lot of things as Gen Z comes around. So one of the other notable things about Gen Z is that they want to identify with your brand. They want to feel a connection to it. It has to speak to them in some way. And so the, the studies that they did about the brands that they liked most, they felt most connected to, the number one was Chick-fil-A. So when I read that, I was like, okay, let me think about Chick-fil-A. Well, I go to Chick-fil-A every so often. They have good salads and great mac and cheese, right? But if you think about their commercials, it's always about the quality of their food. And it's always about extra special care. So they always give an example of some way that they've connected with their customer that's way beyond a fast food connection type of thing. So I went through the drive-thru yesterday and I was paying close attention to the experience. So there's one person, you know, with an iPad thing who takes your order. I go up a couple of car links, another person that takes my payment. And by the time I get to the window, the person at the window knows my name, but they also know the make and model of my car. So it says black sedan and they greet you by name when they hand you their food. So they've been intentional about training their employees to think beyond friendly. I mean, friendly is just, it's a given. They expect that, but they also expect you to engage and encounter the people that are coming through the drive-through. So there's so much we can learn from Chick-fil-A. So these changes to member expectations means that credit unions, they need to do things different. What changes are needed, I guess, at the strategic level? Jane, how do they need to change what they do in order to satisfy how members want it done? Well, and I think you've heard both Paul and I say today that it has to be easy to do business with you. We have to stop making our members jump through hoops to do business with us. Like, I need to do this before I can do this. One of the complaints we hear often from staff is that they have to enter data into multiple systems and it doesn't pre-populate for them. So they have to enter that same data. Well, that's frustrating at best. So ease of business 
on both sides of the counter. Personalization, Paul hit that hard. And yeah, I think we probably should do a whole webinar on personalization because my restaurant example, they personalized everything there. Chick-fil-A does a great job of of that. But when I think strategically and I think about the C-suite, if they did just these two things that I've done in my neighborhood of looking where is this outstanding experience coming from and what are they doing? What are the little things they're doing? And I'm not saying you don't do that, but I think we need to look at it more strategically and we need to have a filter on our decision-making process that is really honed in on what's important to us. And maybe our filters need a little cleaning or a little updating like our furnace filters do to help us focus on, and if I was going to focus on two things, it's ease of business and personalization. Those are where the bang for the buck is going to come, retaining members and attracting new ones. Let me just add on to that a couple of things as it relates to the the strategic focus. Remember that stat I mentioned earlier that 31% of members will use more online and mobile banking? Well, that means, first of all, you got to have good, reliable online and mobile products. If you don't have the products and services that members are wanting, you're not going to be able to get in the game. So they don't have to be state of art but they at least have to be good and dependable. The second thing related to that is if you've got the right products and services, get the word out that you've got them. The tech that so many customers want to use and are using, if your credit union has them, make sure that they're aware of it and point out the fact that over the last 10 months, that technology is allowed to continue to serve members even though the branches have been closed. And then thirdly, be ready to show members how to use the technology. And I think this is the piece where a lot of times we overlook it, but don't assume that your member's going to be able to figure out your technology. It might be intuitive to you, but that doesn't mean it's intuitive to them. And sometimes, Ron, it's the employee that is uncomfortable with mobile banking and therefore they don't talk to members about mobile banking, or if they do, they don't talk in the most favorable way. So let's make sure that our employees are comfortable with our tech products going forward. So I think the the integration of technology with everything else we've discussed here today, it's an integral part. It's a critical part of that new definition of experience. Yes, you need to be personal, you need to be empathetic, easy to do business with, but you also need the tech products that members need. Tech experience is synonymous with every other definition of member experience today, Ron. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio.